For the past three months, when you came here on a Sunday morning, you weren't always certain who was going to be the preacher that day. In fact, on some Sundays, you didn't even know if there would actually be a pastor here. But during those three months, there was three things that we made sure that you knew twice a Sunday. And now we just want to check to see how well you listen. So here's a quick quiz. Question number one, who is Travis Bond? <laughs> 007's adopted son, the inventor of gold bond powder, country western's newest star, or our senior pastor? The correct answer is D. Second question, where has he been? A, having cosmetic surgery. B, serving a three-month prison sentence. Now, of course, you realize that if you thought that, that would be very inappropriate because you know anything that he did would take longer than three months to serve. C, finding Dory or D, on sabbatical. And finally, when will he return? <laughs> this is a trick question because there's a couple correct answers. <laughs> Only the father knows the day and the hour. B, it's the sabbatical that never ends, 40 days and 40 nights, or he's back preaching today. Let's welcome back Travis Vaughn. ceases to amaze me how a man who accomplishes so much still seems to have an inordinate amount of free time. Thank you, Carl, I think. Uh, yes, my name is Travis Bond. If you're brand new, if you don't, if you don't recognize me uh, and you've been here for a while, obviously that's understandable uh, because I clearly have not been around. Um, I am so grateful to you, my church family, for giving me uh, and my family a summer away. It was wonderful. Um, we got to do all kinds of things we normally don't do. We, uh, the big trip was down to D.C. and then to visit our old church down in South Carolina, which was super fun. Um, and then we mixed in a bunch of camping trips and day trips and getaways. Um, I got to visit 12 different churches across four different states, which was tremendous. Um, several of you have asked, thank you, my big academic goal. I did get to finish and got draft approval on my doc doctoral dissertation. Um, and so now it's a hurry up and wait period until uh, we got my oral defenses scheduled for October 7th. You can pray for me for that, October 7th. The the thesis came in at about 250 pages. If you're having trouble sleeping, <laughs> I would be happy to be your Ambien uh, later this fall when that's uh, got, got final approval on it. Um, and then, Lord willing, after October, it's a straight shot to graduation. Uh, more importantly than our summer, I also uh, really need to say this. Um, we missed you guys so much. Uh, there is... No church on the planet that I would rather pastor than Medway Community Church. And that is not hyperbole. That is not, you know, first day back, I probably ought to say something nice. <laughs> there's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Um, one of the byproducts of visiting a bunch of places 
is that you get to realize that what God is doing here is a very special, uh, special thing. And, and I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, it was right around, uh, we came the last day of VBS, uh, and then the MCC camping trip, which I wouldn't have missed for anything, it was right around that end of July, start of August, where Sarah and I kind of turned to one another and we're like, all right, so visiting all the other churches is fun. We are ready for our own church, and so we're glad to be back. Um, at the same time uh, as all of that, it's clear to me, MCC has been just fine without me. And so I want to give a big public thank you to our church leadership. Um, our church staff did a wonderful job, didn't surprise me a bit. They did not miss a beat. Um, Pastor Carl, in particular, uh, there was a lot of extra things on his plate this summer, and I am so thankful for him, for your friendship and your wisdom. And until yesterday's video at Men's Breakfast, I liked you as well. <laughs> Um, and then how about our, our lay elders preaching? Can we just give them a hand for a minute? I'll be honest, not everyone, but I did listen to most of them online. They were great. Uh, biblically rooted, gospel grace, um, you know, preaching, if you've never done it, and probably most of you haven't, it's kind of a rhythm. You get into a groove, and when you're not in the groove, I mean, it is hard. I was reminded just this week uh, in preparing, it's hard when you're not in the rhythm to step on this stage, which just says a lot about the, the amount of prep work that our elders did uh, going into their sermons. You know, we, uh, I did a bunch of training with the elders last spring on preaching, and then several of them on their own time, they went up to the north shore. They did a three-day seminar designed for lay preachers. They all uh, submitted drafts of their sermon to at least one of the pastors and let us give some feedback. Um, Angel Gomez organized all of the elders into preaching teams, and they preached in this room to an empty sanctuary just to one another, and then tore apart one another's sermons. Uh, and so all of that is to say that you know the culmination, what you guys got to hear, was the end of a whole lot of work that I think getting to hear that online, I think put on display for all of us the hearts of these men who love God and they love MCC. Uh, and then for, for at the same time, for my part, it was a privilege to visit all the other different churches um, this summer. Uh, I got to see or hear a couple of crazy things that I would never do, <laughs> like ever, I got to see a whole lot of really good ideas, and some of them I think we could probably steal and, and adapt here uh, over the coming months. But for the first time in, I think, about 12 years, I got to sit beside my wife for three straight months in a worship service. I got to take the kids to children's church. I got to come back, and sit beside Sarah, and sit under someone else's preaching for, for all those straight weeks and just soak it in. And that meant the world to me and to my wife. Um, and I really want you to know this. Be encouraged, because we were encouraged. There are a lot of very healthy churches in our region, folks. God, the gospel is alive. 
in New England. Um, if you're curious and you're on vacation, here's three. Cape Cod Church in Falmouth, First Congregational in Ossipee, New Hampshire, and many of you will be familiar with Park Street in Boston. Three great pastors, uh, very different style churches, and all three super effective at reaching people who are far from God. Uh, and so um, that's really what we're all about here, right? Reaching people who are far from God. Um, with that, three months away, a lot of time I've had to think about ethos and methodology and philosophy of ministry. So now this morning, I am prepared to announce to you and to the board of elders and the staff, who I don't talk to at all about these things, that we are going in an entirely new direction as a church. Are you ready for this? This is going to blow you away. We've even prepared a little video to show you what we're planning. Take a look. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I don't know who sets the worship center temperature, but why does it have to be so cold? Why do you have to be so right? Heated chairs are now being installed. This one wants a small church, but I'm afraid if it's too small, they're gonna make me volunteer like crazy. And I don't stack chairs, do I? Makes total sense. Join now and we'll let you decide the size of our church. We're millennials. And we want a church that... Say no more. Any requests you have will be granted immediately. <laughs> Parking is horrible. It takes me almost six minutes to get from my car to the building. Ugh. It's going to take me six seconds to tell you a valet service is on the way. My pastor's preaching, it's all over the map. I say, oh, I don't know, stick with the books of the Bible. We should be only exegetical. Okay. Next week, we start John chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll even start pronouncing that word the way you said it. Hey, I'd like the sermon to be no longer than 30 minutes. How does 15 minutes sound? Hey, anybody willing to go to 15 should be willing to go to 10. <laughs> you drive a hard bargain. But from now on, five-minute sermons it is. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Me, church, where it's all about you. All right, grab your Bibles if you would. Open up to the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 13. Acts, chapter 13. If you need to use one of the black Bibles, this is on page 922. Uh, Acts 13, if, if you don't remember, this is where we left off sometime last spring, and it's where I want to pick up now and try and launch us into 2016, 2017. The book of Acts is all about living life on mission, that at MCC, the way we understand it is we do not want to live our lives compartmentalized into sacred and secular um, church world and the rest of the world. We want to live our lives missionally, which is to say we want to live our lives biblically. Every morning when our feet hit the floor, we're adopting the posture of a missionary, right? 
We're taking the, the, the style of dress. We're taking the, um, the, the vocabulary. We're adopting the, the posture of a missionary and graciously, humbly, without any judgment at all because we don't need it, we're carrying out into the world this good news that, hey, Christ healed me and whatever's broken in you, well, he can heal that too. And we understand At the same time, we don't go to Christ for a better life. We go to Christ because he's better than life. Okay, We don't go to Christ for a better life. We go to Christ because he's better than life. And so I want you, what I want, uh, kind of rattling around in your brain during the sermon this morning is this question. What about this time tomorrow? Ask yourself, where will I be this time tomorrow? 9.52. Who will I be around this time tomorrow? What will be my mission this time tomorrow? Our passage, which I trust is now open on your laps, is just a single verse today. We covered the chapter last spring. This is our Verse for today, this is our mission for life. Acts 13, drop your eyes down to verse 47, and hear now the very word of the Lord. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Uh, Gentiles in this context means non-Jews, okay, people far from God text is brief. I might as well read it again. For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Having read that up here now, I don't know. Maybe I should rethink the whole me church approach. Because taken at face value, this verse, in fact, I think we could argue the whole of Acts chapters 1 through 13, suggests it's not all about me. It's not about you. It's about them. It's about proclaiming and carrying him to them. All summer long, um, if you've been here, you have heard the summer series, I Changed My Mind. So uh, nine of our staff and lay elders um, preaching every week on some topic or practice that the Bible forced them, once studied, to change their mind about. And so one of the things I want to try and do here this morning is kind of close out the I Changed My Mind series and simultaneously open up uh, our fall on mission series. So here it is. I used to think, if you preach it, they will come. If you preach it, they will come. I went to uh, a seminary in, in Pittsburgh. It was not a perfect seminary, but one of the things they did really well is they taught us to be absolutely anchored 
in the Bible, in our preaching, that we don't preach um, preference, we don't preach a personal view, we don't preach opinion, we preach the Bible. And to this day, I am absolutely committed to that. Um, beginning next Sunday, we're going to be right back into, you know, the kind of the verse by verse or the, the chapter by chapter exegetical approach or whatever that is. The problem, you see, is that I was so committed to the Bible, I kind of decided everyone else would be too. And so then, at that point, the formula becomes pretty simple, right? If you preach it, they will come. Yeah. Craft, faithful, really good sermons. If you preach it, they will come. The lost will be found. The unsaved will be saved. And then I graduated seminary and served for an assistant pastor for a couple of years and then as a solo pastor. And now I'm studying the Bible in the crucible of real life with real people. And the Bible forced me to change my mind. Passages like this verse 47, and there's a thousand verses just like this one, forced me to change my mind. See, preaching is the rudder of the ship. It's not the ship. <laughs> preaching is an awesome privilege. It's a, a, a wonderful and necessary part of the Christian life. But what I believe and what I'm aiming for is no longer if you preach it, they will come. What I believe and what I'm aiming for is that if you preach it, some will go. If you preach it, some, maybe, God willing, many of us will go out into the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit, under the proclamation of God's word, we will go out this time tomorrow on Monday morning on mission. So where will you be this time tomorrow? Last spring, I took the, um, the whole staff up to the North Shore for a conference with Neil Hudson from LICC, that's London Institute for Contemporary Christianity, um, and it was, the whole thing was excellent, and in that seminar, we saw a couple of graphics that we loved, and you guys know your church staff, uh, most of us, we're pretty simple-minded, so the graphics... They're just dots. They're just, there's gray dots. They're just red dots. Um, the gray dots are the people around us. The red dots are Christians. And this graphic, honestly, this is often what the church of God today looks like. We cluster together, which is great and necessary, and I'll get to that in a second, and that's when we burn bright, when we're beside one another. But you can see all clustered up in that corner there, our ability to reach the world is dramatically limited. So this slide right here, this is, I think, a good picture of Sunday worship gathering, um, kids programming, uh, youth groups, the church gathered. 
But what about this time tomorrow? And this time Tuesday? And Wednesday? Acts 13, verse 47 implies that we got to move from the church gathered to the church scattered. And of course, the real trick is remaining bright and burning, those little red dots there, without turning gray. It's right in our text, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, if you, have, if you and I have been commissioned to bring salvation to the ends of the earth, the strong implication there is that there are many, if we've got to bring salvation, there are many who need to be saved. And if this is your very first Sunday in church, um, by the way, if it is, really big welcome to you. I know sometimes visiting church for the first time, it can feel super awkward, and I'm so glad you're here. If this is your very first time in church, if, this is, if you're brand new to Bible or God, and you're kind of tracking with me so far, and you're, you're, you know, your, your gears are turning maybe even a, a couple steps ahead, then you might be thinking at this point, huh, Pastor Trav, what is it you think I need to be saved from? What is it I need to be saved from? And that's a really good question. I wonder if any of us in here would have heard of the Goyania accident. Um, Fairly obscure uh, story from several years back. Um, Goyania Institute of Radiotherapy. Got an office. They pull out of downtown Goiania, um, a small city in Brazil, uh, south of Sao Paulo. Year later, a couple small-time criminals break in to that office of radiotherapy, and they steal one of the machines. The machine by these uh, small-time criminals is then sold to a junkyard, and a few days later, the workers at the junkyard begin to dismantle the machine, and lo and behold, they find in there this really amazing, beautiful, glowing blue rock. It's called cesium-137. It's amazing to them. It's so amazing that they break it up into little pieces, and they start sharing it with neighbors and friends Um, scores are hospitalized for radiation poisoning, 40 contaminated homes have to be demolished, and four people died right away. Why am I talking about it? Because it's a a real-life historical event that resembles a spiritual reality. Why do we need to be saved? Because of our brokenness? Because of our sin, because of our separation from God, you know, this, this tendency over and over to go our own way, and sometimes we even share those ideas about how we can go our own way with those around us, and we just commit this cosmic treason, and sometimes it looks so appealing. It looks maybe even beautiful, and it is poison to your soul. The abuse of alcohol, the abuse of sex, lying, gossip, bitterness, 
and so many more, that the gospel says that God provided Christ to make you whole again. So, now I'm talking to the Christian. Understand, Christian, living on mission is not about doing more. The last thing I really want to do is heap something more on top of you. Living on mission is doing what you're doing with new intent. Where will you be this time tomorrow? Who will you be around? Coworkers, classmates, homeschool co-op, your, your workout buddy. Who is going to be next to you? Broken and needing hope. Because we have a God who is so magnificently merciful and gracious that he invites the worst of sinners. He invites men and women who have made shipwreck oftentimes of our lives by the crucifixion and the resurrection of his son to now be adopted as his children. We have a God who invites us to be adopted as his children. This is the best news the world has ever heard. So, me church, the me church, where it's all about you, where where we're gonna gripe about seats or songs or the thermostat or my comfort, my gosh, all that stuff just starts to sound so small when we have the very words of life given to us. We end practically every prayer around here with in Jesus' name I pray. So what if tomorrow we start saying in Jesus' name I play and in Jesus' name I work and in Jesus' name I study all of life lived on mission. I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. In the weeks ahead, we're going to drill down a little bit on this. Um, you know, how? More specific. How do I turn a conversation to the spiritual? How do I see and, and make use of um, you know, just kind of normal points of contact? Um, for now, we got the ministry fair in Fellowship Hall. I promised the staff I wasn't going to drone on and on uh, this morning. So let me give you one story and we're out. A um, couple uh, rough animal events in recent months on the news, right? You had the um, horrific gator attack at Disney, and everybody who has raised a child just had a pit in their stomach, right? You had um, in Cincinnati, the gorilla, Harambe, um, and uh, let me give you one more kind of animal story, um, but it's got a happy ending. Um, This is a true one. Brian Chappell, few of you will know that name. He was the president and the chancellor at Covenant Seminary out in St. Louis, and several years ago, Chapel's wife, her name is Kathy, and Kathy's friend, they uh, grab their little kids and they go to the St. Louis Zoo for the day. Um, 
new attraction there. It's called Big Cat Country. I'm pretty sure it's still there. Um, lions, tigers, huge enclosure where they can all roam free, and you get to observe these animals um, within an, from an elevated walkway above the enclosure. So they're rolling along. Blanket gets caught in the stroller. Kathy kneels down to help her friend get the blanket out of the stroller, and her two little boys, ages three and five, they continue running on up ahead. It takes a moment uh, to deal with this, and when she stands up and looks up, she realizes that her two boys have somehow, in this brand new exhibit, found this tiny little child-sized gap in the fence. They've gone through it, and they are now right on the edge of a couple of rocks 25 feet directly above the lions. If you are the mom, what do you do? She can't fit through the gap in the fence. She's scared to death that if she screams out, she's going to startle them, and the way they're sitting, they're going to fall. And so she does one of those half-second prayers that you guys, you know, we do sometimes. And then she kneels down and she says to him, boys, come get a hug. And they look over their shoulder and they stand up and they run right back to her. See, living on mission, it means that we, the Church of Christ, graciously, humbly, and without a bit of judgment because we don't need it, we call out to a world (laughs) that sometimes folks have made an absolute hash of things. Sometimes there is so much sin in their life and they're absolutely oblivious to the danger that they are in. And we tell them of a a God who sent a Savior who held out his arms and he said, I don't care what you have done. I don't care how filthy you are. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We have the words of of life. Brothers and sisters, I changed my mind a while back. If you preach it, they will come. Sometimes, maybe, but my hope is that if we preach it, many of us will go out into the world this time tomorrow on mission because I have made you a light for the Gentiles says the Lord that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth depths of mercy fall and cover me washing all my shame thank you for joining us for today's message Medway Community Church would love to welcome you as our guest one day soon. 
Our church family meets every Sunday morning for worship and also offers a wide variety of small group and ministry opportunities. To learn more, please visit us on the web at medwaycommunitychurch.org. We look forward to seeing you soon. Washing all my